Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and you can also sign up for our newsletter to receive weekly exclusive content like previews of upcoming episodes. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Now, today's episode. We are excited to be joined by newcomer Dalton Dover. Now, he exploded onto the scene last year in 2021, and in 2022, he has been named an artist to watch by both Spotify and Country Now. Although his career in country music is just getting started, the dream of a career in country music has been going for a long time, ever since his teenage years. He has been chasing this dream and he is so grateful and excited that it is finally coming true. So please enjoy our conversation with Dalton Dover. Singing, let's talk about that. That started in church. What age were you when you jumped up and started singing in church? Um, I was probably, I remember singing in church when I was like five years old, man, beside my grandpa. And we would have the same song we had sang every single Sunday morning. So, you know, singing, that's just something I've always loved to do. And, you know, my grandpa sings also. So it's kind of come natural for me. And I've, I've always just enjoyed doing it and never really found myself. I always loved it and always, you know, wouldn't have mind doing it as a job. But, you know, I just never knew it happened so quickly. And before getting up in front of church, were you someone at home? Were you entertaining your family with your singing? Did you enjoy it in that way as well? Yeah, for sure. Dude, they they hated hearing me sing forever. Like they were like, Dalton, shut up. You know, like I would like my mom had a desk set up and it was like between the kitchen and the dining room. And um, she had a laptop and I downloaded YouTube and I'm sure some of the videos are still up, but I would get on there and I would just start singing covers. I'll do some Keith Whitley covers. I would do Usher covers. I'll do, you know, Chris Young covers. And that's just some of the stuff every single day. I'd come from I'd come home from school and just start singing, just get in front of the computer and just start singing the instrumentals. That's awesome. And within your family, is anyone else musical? Like, was your mom musical in any way? Well, my mom, she also sang in church. Um, my grandpa, he's kind of, I think it kind of branches off from him. You know, I'm, 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 I'm the only one that really sings. Everybody else, like my brother, he, he works. Um, he works. He kind of, he works at a scrap yard and he does his own thing. And my cousin, we all like any time that we're not doing anything else with our job, we're working for our grandpa logging and stuff. So I'm kind of the only one that, that does music like that. But my grandpa sings in church every Sunday still. So. And let's dive into your grandpa. Tell me about him. You talk about him a lot, and I know he's one of your main influences when it comes to music. So tell me about him and the type of man he was when you were growing up and how he has sort of led your journey. Right. Well, you know, I think every one of us have to have a man or a woman in their life that we kind of look at as Superman. And, you know, my grandpa was that man for me. And um, he was just always there, you know, growing up. I didn't have a father at home and stuff, but so my grandpa filled them shoes. And, um, you know, obviously, like if I say I get an F on my report card, my grandpa was the one that come and seen me, you know. So it was kind of one of the things my grandpa, he's just he's always been an influence for me musically and just life in general, man. You know, he's taught me a lot. Um, just me watching him through the years. And it's, it's been it's pretty cool. 
And he is, is he a pretty down home country man? Like, was he all <laughs> about the country music? Did he sort of expand into other genres or was it really yeah, country sure. music for him? <laughs> yeah, my grandpa, he loves Marty Robbins. He loves Elvis. So he's kind of, he's the one that kind of turned me on to, you know, like I said, Marty Robbins, Elvis, Keith Whitley, and just a lot of the older, just a lot of the older people that was in country music back in the day and you know that's how I really got turned on and really started loving country music when I heard Marty Robbins for the first time you know and then my grandpa saying you know here's this Elvis song I think you'd like and then I would listen to it and I would just fall in love with all that stuff so and now there was a talent show back in the fifth grade that you won and you won by singing Justin Bieber's baby now what did your grandpa think about that so I think that was one of the first moments where everybody was like, holy crap, he can really, you know, he can perform in front of people. So like he was, he was really excited, man. You know, like I think, I think that looking back now, he was probably like, why did he sing Justin Bieber? <laughs> That's what but, I was wondering. <laughs> but, but, you know, he, he was excited for me and so was everybody. I think that's when it really like, I think that's whenever I was like, man, I love this. I'm going to keep doing this, you know? And what was the performance side like for you back then? Were you comfortable on stage? Were you comfortable with all those people watching you sing? Yeah, well, I've, I'm, I can't say I've ever been really shy, but I guess it was kind of different than it is now. But like then it was kind of the first couple of things I've ever done in front of people. So every time I'd get up and sing in front of anybody, like I would, I would have a little bit of shyness in me. But when I opened up and really like by the time I got to the, halfway through the course I was wide open you know so I was ready to go and did you put any country spin on that song in the fifth grade or did country sort of come later for you um it kind of come later for me you know I got I, I went through a phase where I was listening to Justin Bieber and I was listening to a lot of pop stuff and I still do today but country country music's always been around and stuff it's just at that time when I was 15 years old you know I kind of fell in I fell into I was a believer and, uh, <laughs> you know, still to this day, man, you know, I still sing all that stuff, just country music. That's my roots, man. So, And you mentioned growing up without your dad around. Now, what did that look like for you? Have you have you known your dad or is that something that's just never been a part of your life? Well, I've I've met him a couple of times, you know, and I've talked to him on the phone a couple of times, but I don't guess we've ever really had a, had the relationship that I think we could have had if he would have been around whenever I was my son's age. So unfortunately now I'm, I'm all grown up. I've got children of my own and I've got my own life to, to live now. And, you know, I, we just kind of just never really just had the, had the opportunity and the moment to be able to really get to know each other and stuff. So no hate toward him, but you know, it's just, you know, it's really just not anything that I've ever wanted to do. And so how has that influenced your journey in growing up and especially becoming the dad that you've become? Do you sort of take inspiration from that and making sure you're there for your kids because you didn't have that growing up? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. You know, like I think whenever my daughter was born, you know, I always said I will be a better father than what my father was to me. And, you know, I feel like I've lived up to that and I will continue to live up to that. But you know, and also being around, you know, a man like my grandpa, you know, he taught me the, the ins and outs, you know, I was scared to death when I was going to become a dad, but you know, my grandpa was there, you know, he taught me, he taught me these things, you know, obviously some things just come natural when you're a dad, but you know, he taught me some things and, and I, I, there's some just things I can never take back, you know? 
and you talk about becoming a dad that happened early for you. I believe you dropped out of school in the 11th grade to uh, welcome your daughter and prepare for real life. So what was that time like for you? Like we mentioned, people growing up and not leaving the hometown when you dropped out of school in grade 11, was your thought just like, here comes real life and I'm just going to get a job and stay in the hometown and this is life now? For sure. Yeah, man, I was definitely, it was definitely scary, you know, like being, being 17 and, you know, welcoming a baby girl into the world and not going back to school and knowing that I'm going to have to get a job to support this family that I have now. And, you know, and I've done it, man, I've done it with no hesitation. And, you know, obviously it was scary, but it's something that I overcome really quick because I didn't have a choice, you know, and a lot of people today that go through the same thing, they'll message me and say, man, I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And then I've had that wisdom and I've been through that thing. So I know how to, I can talk to you. I, you know, I can help you through whatever you need. And, and that, I'm glad that I went through it because I wouldn't be who I am today for sure. And as far as music during that time, it was just before, I believe around 15, that you started playing guitar and getting into that along with your singing. And so during that time, how was music helping you through those moments? Well, like whenever I, I really found, a, I really found a love for it whenever I started playing music, when I started playing guitar and uh, my wife's brother, Brandon, he would come over to the house, man, and we would just pick all day long. And sometimes they would even go into early mornings, you know, we'd just stay up all night just picking and we'd build a bonfire and just pick around the fire and just hang out all night and invite some friends over. And, you know, in that time, you know, Aaliyah, she was just a baby. And, you know, I would never leave the house. Then I wasn't playing shows. You know, I had the talent show under my belt and, you know, I might have done some stuff around my buddy's living rooms. But other than that, I'd never stepped on another stage, but I was just being around people. I was picking, singing songs um, and just singing, you know, and that's, I guess that's where I found my love for it, you know. And you talk about your brother-in-law, Brandon. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you lost him in a car accident a few years back. And so I wanted to ask you about him and what he meant to sort of your beginning love of music and how he inspires you now and just carrying his spirit with you into this yeah. journey. For sure. Well, you know, me and Brandon, we started out really young. Um, I've known him ever since I was my son's age, five years old. And Oh, wow. Yeah, man. So we, we've known each other for that for a really long time. And luckily, we got put in the same classroom when we was in ninth grade. And, man, we gave the teacher hell. But uh, <laughs> we, um, we kind of just like, you know, we started linking up. We started playing. At the time, I didn't play guitar. I just sang. So he would play guitar and I would sing. And then, you know, like we would – we would, like I said, we would go to friends' houses. And we just kind of become this duo that was unbreakable. But that he he really inspired me because, like, I would see him play guitar. I'd see how happy he was when he hit the G chord. And I was like, man, I want to do that. You know, so I, picked, I got my first guitar. My grandpa bought me a Fender from a pawn shop. It was just a cheap, just a cheap acoustic guitar. And I stayed up every single night trying to learn how to play, man. And Finally, it took me about two weeks and I had learned G, C, and D. And then I started playing every song that I possibly could think of. The first song that I learned to play, I think, was uh, Don't Close Your Eyes by Keith Whitley. Oh, and nice. man, after, dude, after I learned that, I just like I fell in love with it. And ever since then, it's just been it's been crazy. And when did you start performing and actually getting in front of people and performing? Because I saw a post on your socials from june of 2018 that you were up on stage somewhere playing a show so when did that stage begin for you um when i started playing shows i was probably 
17 ish, 24 now. Yeah, I was probably 17. I started playing shows, you know, at festivals and around Arrogant and festivals in Rock Mart, which is down the street in Rome. Um, I started playing festivals and then, you know, little venues would pop up here and there and say, hey, we'd love for you to come play. So I'd hop in. Eventually, I started building a band. And, you know, the year of 2019, I think we played 150 bar shows. Oh, wow. That whole, yeah, man. So we was slammed. And I, we was playing for no money at all. You know, we'd go play a full band show for 100 bucks just to be able to step on stage. But we was having the time of our life, man. And, you know, all them times that I was playing on stage for, in the bars, you know, now, it all matters. You know, I never looked back and I was like, man, this ain't going to matter. I don't want to go play that show, but now I'm glad that I did, you know? Well, that's a big thing I was going to ask because in this day and age with TikTok and with different avenues that artists have, it's easy to explode and get popular pretty quickly. But I look back on the musicians who had to put in their time. They had to put in those four or five years in the bar. And I think that's really important for understanding who you are as an artist right so those days with you in the bar and and still performing in bars is that a pretty important step in this musical career for you yeah no doubt man like i love now like i've had all them experiences in the past there's nothing more than i love to step on a hardwood stage and stomp it all night long with some of my best friends you know and that and like you know i've played tons of shows you know since since i started this and you know, there's no, it's always a different feeling every time I step on the stage. So most definitely, man, and my band, you know, like I step on stage with my band, every time I step on either any stage with them, it always feels like it's the first time. So, you know, that that's very important to me. And so in 2019, when you decided to try out for The Voice, what was the thought within that of saying, I'm going to give this a try before yeah. you went sort of what was your feeling of it? Um, well, dude, honestly, I didn't even think I was going to make it. You know, I didn't think I was, I didn't think really anything of it. You know, I was honestly just trying to make my mom and my wife happy. They was like, you should go do this. And I was like, come on, guys, let's be real. I'm just going to go to work. Let me just keep doing what I'm doing. Everything's going to be good. You know, we're making it. So I went and I done the open call. And when I got there, it was kind of intimidating, man, because there was thousands of people in this long line. I was like, y'all really want to stand in this line for four hours I was like yes we're gonna stand here and I was like cool let's do it so <laughs> I stood in there and I've done the audition I've done a Tennessee whiskey for my first audition and they passed me through and I was obviously I was shot man and then I come back and made it again and then dude after the second audition that I did for the voice man it was just kind of like a dream you know like it was like crazy and now stepping up for the blind auditions like you say, you had been playing a lot of shows before that in bars, mm -hmm. but that yep. moment on the stage for the blind auditions, was that unlike anything you had ever experienced before? For sure, man. Like, I guess being who I was then, I'm, I'm a different person now, like just wisely, but like then I was definitely very nervous. I remember like, I remember having shakes I've never felt before. And then I walk out and then like, it's so quiet. All you hear is your foot just click, click, walking across the floor. And dude, if you know me, man, you would have just died laughing because it's just funny. But <laughs> I was, I, it was, it was so, it was terrifying, man. And then I struck the first note, you know, I looked back at the band. I was like, let's do this. And I struck the first note. So on the voice, like you cannot hear the chairs turning around. Like that's all put in. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So like, I did not hear the chair turn around. So I had my eyes closed. I was singing. And then I was like, don't close your eyes. And I looked down and Blake Shelton was looking at me and I was like, holy. Shit, dude. 
And like, I didn't have nobody to talk to. I didn't have nobody to look at or anything. It was just black all beside me. So it was, it was, it was surreal, man. It was surreal for sure. And how do you keep playing at that point? Is there part of you that just wants to stop playing and be like, what the oh, hell is going on right yes, now? Yes, bro. I'm telling you, man, like I wanted to stop so bad. And like, but even when I, even when the music was over and they started asking me questions, dude, I was speechless. And I've not felt that feeling yet again. You know, I've not felt it again. You know, and I, I get starstruck really easy, especially like if I see somebody like Blake Shelton, you know, um, you know, I got to meet Brooks and Dunn um, during that whole thing. And that was pretty cool. But then when I first seen Blake Shelton, dude, I was I don't know, like, I'm sure that you've been really starstruck. Oh, yeah. Moment where you're like, Holy crap. They're really standing right here. And that was me. dude. Like, I was like really shocked. I was I didn't know what to say. They was like, what's your name? And I was like, um, uh, you know, like. I did not know what to say. I was I was shocked, man, because dude, you never know, man. I didn't know if I was gonna go up there and get a chair turn. That's that was just the I could have walked up there and not got a chair turn. So just to get Blake Shelton to turn around for me was pretty cool. That is awesome. And how yeah. important was that experience for you in helping you develop as an artist going into this next stage of your career? Yeah. Well, man, see, I was around a lot of people that played and done the same thing that I did, and you know. At the time, I was like, damn, we're all, I'm all in competition with these people. And then, like, as time went on, I was like, well, I've got some really good friends here. You know, like, I didn't – it's not that I didn't want to – I didn't want to leave the show just not to be on TV anymore, but I didn't want to leave the show just because, like, I'm leaving all of my friends behind now, you know. So right. I learned, I learned, you know, to be sit in a room with other musicians. That's where I learned writing at. You know, I learned how to, you know, sit in a room with other people that do what I do and just, you know, write. We would talk music and – and I learned my artistry there. I learned who Dalton Dover was at that moment. I think that right there is really what helps me today. And what's the feeling when you leave that show? Because you're leaving a show that you're on TV, you have millions of people watching you every week, but then you leave and you're at square one again, right? Because it's not necessarily like people are throwing record contracts at you or anything. You're, you're basically having to go back home and look at what's next so for you when you left that show what was your mindset of what's next um definitely winning you know even though I lost I felt I still felt like a winner and I knew that I had some unfinished business that I had to do and I knew that I just couldn't go out like that you know so I come home and my mindset was okay we need to we need to start writing I need to start writing I need to put some music out I need to grow my social media following I need to play more shows I need to do some meet and greets I need to find out where all my fans are from the show and go see them. I need to be in front of my fans at all times. And that was my mindset when I come back and like still my mindset today. Um, you know, even though I lost my bat around, I still felt like a winner. And I think that right there, like a lot of people, if they lose, they're like, man, I lost. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm just going to go back home and continue working at this crappy job and blah you know and i'm just like dude i'm not going back to work i'm going to keep doing this and i'm going to use whatever momentum because at the time i didn't know what kind of momentum i had you know instagram i had it facebook i had it tiktok wasn't around then so i had all these things and i had seen that people was following me but then i was like i don't know what this is for but i'm going to use it you right. know so still like I, I took whatever whatever i had from there even locally you know i took i took all the all the success that I've had from the show, I took it off and I ran with it as far as I could take it. And then, you know, obviously I had to live down, you know, Dalton Dover from the voice to just being Dalton Dover, you know, the country music singer. So that was a, that was a task for me also. 
yeah, what is that transition like just mentally? Because like I say, you're coming off of a lot of attention and then you're moving into a phase where that attention sort of goes away. And like you say, you're not Dalton Dover on the voice. You are just Dalton Dover, the musician. So do you have to mentally sort of process that and figure that out? Well, I think in my opinion, man, it's in the fans, you know, like you give the fans, if the fans are just going to know you from the voice and that's how they're going to know you. But when you're doing songs like baby, I am, when you're blowing up on TikTok and they see and like, I don't promote the voice that much anymore. So like now they see Dalton Dover, you know, obviously some people still know me from the voice, but now they, some people are like, Oh wow. He was on the voice too. You know, like, so that's, <laughs> that's the reaction. That's where I feel like I'm, I've really done a great job at kind of taking the TV show away from the, the artist, you know, not attaching that anymore. You know, I'm always thankful for it. I'm glad that it was there. And I'm super thankful for the experience, but I knew that I was not going to be able to run with that forever. And I, and I learned that about five months after I got eliminated. Okay. And as far as the songwriting goes, when did songwriting begin for you? Um, I've always like had ideas. I've always wrote down ideas. I've always like jotted stuff down in my iPhone that I never, that are still in my phone probably today that I've not seen in five years, you know? So, and then whenever I started like really getting serious into it, I started going back through my notes. I'm like, wow. I love that. I love that. And then I started colliding stuff together. The first song that I wrote was with uh, my wife's uncle. His name's Michael. Um, we wrote a song called that in their plans. You know, it's not, it's not your most, it's not definitely not a number one hit, but in my, I held a special place in my heart, man, because that was the first song that I ever released. And it was, uh, you know, it's nothing special, but you know, just a good old boy. I think you can hear the struggle in my voice when I'm singing and you can hear how hungry I was in the recording. And I love it. I still listen to it every day. And now you're starting to do more co-writing. What has that meant to your writing in developing and helping you grow as a yeah. songwriter? Well, it's, it's really wild, man. You know, like I, I started writing some of these guys that I'm really growing cool relationships with and friendships and stuff. And it's just kind of like, it's really cool, man, because I've learned how, like, at first I was really nervous the first time I went into a co-write and <laughs> I really didn't know how to how to respond because I'm not used to writing with nobody that I really just don't know. You know, obviously before the write, I'll do my research and say, okay, he wrote this song. I love this song. So I see what, I see what he loves, you know? So I knew that, you know, bringing my ideas and, you know, we always, I've learned that we feed off of my ideas and whatever ideas that anybody has in the room, you know, we just feed off of each other. And then at the end of the day, we have a song. Right. And one of the people that has helped you along this journey is Matt McVaney, and he has helped you to pr produce your current music. Yeah. Now, what has he meant over the past year or so since yeah. he approached you to work with you? Yeah, man, McVee, man, he's become, he's definitely become my best friend. Um, every day, I'll never forget the first time he sent me an email. He's like, hey, man, I'm really digging your stuff. And um, he said, I found you on a Kid G video on Kid G's page. And Da, da, da. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. You know, like I looked him up and I said that he had worked with Kane early in his career. And I thought it was freaking sick, dude. So I went up to Nashville and we started talking. We went to dinner and we just started talking about everything. And since then, it's probably been, I'm going to just say about seven months, maybe. Um, dude, we've, been, we've grown to be really, really tight. So. And what has he taught you so far about the industry and just a career in country music? McVee wants me to, he's always told me, be yourself, be no less, know your worth and be yourself always. Sing your heart out when you get behind this mic, 
because whenever you sing with your heart, people are going to feel it. And I think he's not led me in the wrong direction yet. So. And what does your Nashville journey look like? When did you start making trips to Nashville and start to sort of get into the co-writing and meet people in Nashville and make that part of your journey? Right. So when me and McVie hooked up, we started, we cut, uh, you got a small town and baby I am. And we had these songs and, you know, and he had somebody at the time I didn't know who he was, but he's also turned out to be one of my best friends. His name's Jim Catino. And, uh, we started like Jim started like booking me co-rides still today. Like he books me co-rides and like, he's putting me in front of people that he knows. And like, I'm growing relationships with these people. And dude, this all seems so surreal, man. So just in the last year I've been just Nashville has literally become my home away from home for sure. And what did Nashville mean to you before this? Because like you say, you didn't necessarily grow up with the thought of a career in music or country music. So when you started going to Nashville within the last few months, did it mean something more to you because it meant something in the past? Yeah, for sure. You know, like being like, whenever I first started coming to Nashville, the first place I want to go to is Broadway. You know, I wanted to go to Broadway. I wanted to see the neon lights. I wanted to hear all the bands playing in the bars. I wanted to, I wanted to experience that. I wanted to see the Bridgestone Arena right there in the middle of Broadway. I wanted to see all this stuff. And I, whenever I started going up, it was, I just had this fanboy feeling in me. And I was like, holy crap, I'm actually here. You know, I'm here. I'm doing this. Um, you know, there was people told me I would never do this. I'm so glad I'm here and I'm doing this. And now it's just kind of like become my home, dude. And, you know, it's, it's just been crazy. It was a crazy feeling. And what's the mindset that you have to go into this career with, because I know that you are a huge family man, but going into this career, it's a career that takes you away from your family for long periods. And so how do you sort of balance that in your mind and coming to grips with loving your family, but also wanting to chase this career? Man, I'm really determined, you know, um, I'm determined, I'm focused and, you know, my family, luckily, you know, they're really my biggest supporters. My wife, she supports me a hundred percent. And and I think that helps, you know, with the help of my mom, with the help of my grandpa and my grandma and my family, they're all just very supportive, man. So even if I had a doubt in my mind, they're the, I got the type of family to go out. No, you need to get your ass up. You need to go do what you got to do, you know? And I think that right there is really, really what has pushed me, you know, cause there's been doubts in my mind, you know, and I've been scared and, you know, I've been really nervous on what to do. And, you know, but luckily my support system here and up in Nashville, man, they, you know, yet to, you know, really let me know that everything's going to be okay, that you're great, that you're going to do this, you know, and that's, that's the mindset It's very, very determined. And I was talking to Nate Smith, who was another up and comer the other day. And he mentioned that it was only like within the last couple of months that his dad gave him a nod like you're going to do great things. And he said he thinks his dad didn't necessarily give that to him before that because he wanted to push him. He wanted to drive him forward. He didn't necessarily want to tell him, you know, you, you are where you should be. And so with your grandpa, does he show how proud he is of you or does he really like to push you? Like, keep going, keep going, go get it. My grandpa shows me love every day. Um, he calls me and he'll tell me, he'll just tell me how proud he is of me. And he, he knew that I was going to do this and he never had a doubt in his mind that, that I wasn't going to succeed. And, you know, he still, man, he's so encouraging just stuff that I'll just hold in my heart every single day. You know, like 
whenever we got the news, you know, I can't say the news that I'm that I've got, but when we got the news that, that are you sure? Announced, I can't. When we got the news um, that you know we got some stuff happening, and you know, he called me and he started crying. I started crying, and he's like, "Son," he said, "I knew you was gonna do it." He said, "I never had a doubt in my mind," and that right there to me just meant everything. So. I just, I, that's, that was like, man, I'm never going to not do this. I'm going to run as far as I can. And then, you know, if it don't go any further than this, dude, I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with myself. I'm happy with my team that's behind me, my manager, Charlie. You know, I'm super blessed. And, you know, I wouldn't have asked for nothing, even nothing more. And we talked about your late brother-in-law, Brandon. Now, as you move along this journey, as you take step, towards this big career in country music what does his spirit mean to you and just looking up and saying you know we're doing it yeah so I remember when we was in we was in the sixth grade and we we was in a science class and I looked over at him I said man look if I live my dream you're gonna live your dream too and he told me the same thing we pinky promised each other and every day I wake up I'm just like man you know I, he, his grave is literally two minutes down the road and I'll go over there sometimes and I'll just sit there. I'm like, man, we're doing it. You know, we got this, we're doing it. And that right there, man, it's, it's overwhelming at times just to know that he's not here and I can't say anything, but I know that every time I'm recording a song, I know every time I'm in the studio, I just know he's right there with me. That is awesome. And your kids, I know they're also a big part of this journey. And I saw a video on Instagram of you singing with your daughter. What does that mean to you? Those moments? You know, I want to, I want to be a big, I know I'm their dad, but I also want to be their friend. I also want to be somebody that they can come to anytime they need anything. And I think the music has allowed me and my daughter to connect because she loves singing. This, she'll walk around the house and sing baby. I am all the time, you know? So she's, she's like, she's to that point now where she understands what daddy does. She understands what I'm doing. She loves the music. So like, she's my worst critic. So like when I have a song, I'm like, look, baby, you like this song? And she's like, yeah, I love it. And then, when I get a mix and I listen to it and she's like, I was like, do you like it? She's like, no, I don't like it. She won't tell me the reason why, but she'll tell me <laughs> she don't like it. So um, she's definitely, uh, they're definitely a big part of this, man. I'll do it all for them too. That's awesome. And I saw another post where you said that your son had told you that when he grows up, he wants to be like you. And what does a moment like that mean when you hear that from yeah, your son? That's, that's pretty cool, man. Like my son, he's, He's kind of I've I've noticed these past couple months that I've been a big influence on him. So my drummer, um, I have a drummer and he's he plays the cone sometimes when we play acoustic shows and he'll he'll play a cajon and my son will just sit there and he'll daze at him and he'll just watch him. So people don't believe me whenever I tell them my son can actually play, but my son can really keep a rhythm and I'm not joking at all. But like he can really play. So we were sitting in the living room one day and how I found that out, like we were sitting in the living room and uh he loves beer never broke my heart luke combs that's his favorite song you ask him what song he wants to play that's the song he wants and uh he'll uh he'll tell you he wants to play beer never broke my heart you start playing and he'll just play right along with you and not miss a beat and um obviously he's five years old so he's not rich redmond but <laughs> yeah he, he can, you know he can he can get down man so yeah he's 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 an amazing kid man i've got some really amazing kids that's awesome. And you mentioned Luke Combs. I know he is a big inspiration for you. What does he mean just every day and pushing forward and seeing what he's been able to do and just saying it is possible for me? Right. Well, I think 
I hear a lot of times like people say, well, he's a fat guy. You know, if, if Luke Combs can make it, you can make it. Well, for me, it's kind of like I relate to him like on a different level. I think because of the music, man, his music speaks to me. Um, like, you know, obviously I love a lot of his stuff. I love all of his stuff. But like his first album, I jam it every day. I know every single song on it. And I think he's probably the only artist that I would meet and just absolutely fangirl 100%. (laughs) And I've been super close, but like I've yet to meet him and shake his hand or talk to him. So I definitely want to make that happen. That's awesome. And as you move along this journey, I saw a post that you had on Instagram that you said, there's times you've had nothing. There's times you've had something. But Mm -hmm. along the journey, it's just about moving forward and being grateful for what you have. 100%. And as you grow along this journey, how excited are you and how proud are you of the fact that you are working towards making country music your career and making country music something that allows you to always have something in your life? Yeah, like I'm super thankful, man. Like there's no words that I think can describe how I feel on a daily but, like, I do remember me being 10 years old listening to Chris Young on the radio, you know, listening to all these guys on the radio. I'm like, damn, that song really touched me. And now that Dalton Dover is making music that's touching people, man, I just I, – there's no words that can describe that. I think that, you know, sky's the limit for anybody. And if you've got something that you want to do, if I can do it, you can do it. You know, and that's, that's what I live by. And the latest single is Baby I Am. And as you release music and as you get that feedback from the fans, what is that like for you? Um, (laughs) Baby I Am was massive, man. Um, It was when I hear a song, whether I wrote it or not, I did not write Baby I Am. Um, But when I heard that song, I told McVie, I said, dude, this song is going to be huge. He's like, you think so? I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's going to be huge. And the fans have just took it in and they've soaked it in so much. So like I've yet to play it live yet. I've not played it live yet. So I'm really looking forward to the moment that I'm able to take these songs and play them out live for the fans. And I'm just really excited, man. There's it's so, so wild. And what is the next little bit looking like for you? Are there shows on the horizon? You mentioned news that you can't talk about right now, but for what you can talk about, what does the next few months look like for you? Um, busy, man. I want to get in. I want to definitely want to get in, be in front of the fans a lot more live. Um, I've actually got band rehearsal in about an hour. So I'm definitely, oh, nice. band, you know, the band is rehearsing. We're getting ready for whatever is to come, whether it's live or the acoustic, you know, and definitely writing more songs. I definitely want to pour my heart out into these songs that I've been writing. And, um, I was telling Ashley earlier that I got this song that, you know, that I'm really, really looking forward for the fans to hear. It's called my dad. Um, I went to a ride um, with my buddy Alex Maxwell and one of our other buddies. And I told him, I was like, man, I really want to write a song for my kids, you know, and not just a song for them, but a song for, you know, the guy next door that has a daughter that, you know, that really looks up to him. And I want to write a song for these kids and these parents. And I really think that the fans are going to connect to it on a different level. And I'm just super excited, man. These next few months are going to be wild. You were able to visit the Grand Old Opry and sing on the stage in sort of an empty building. What did that experience mean for you? It was pretty crazy. I did not expect to go in there and sing anything. Um, we was in Nashville. I was recording with Matt that day. And um, we just had some free time. So me and my wife, we went over to the Grand Old Opry, took a tour. And, um, you know, obviously there was people there. And, I, you know, the lady that was there, she was like, does anybody want to sing in the circle? And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't want to. And Faith was like, no, you need to do this. So 
uh, I done it, man. I got on there and I got on there. I stood in the circle, which was a weird feeling, man. I've never felt like that before. Just knowing the history that has stood there. And I sang Amazing Grace just because I, I knew that that was the first song that I ever wanted to sing in there. And I hope that it's not my last time ever performing there, but I definitely want to. I definitely, it was definitely an experience. Thank you so much once again for listening. And thank you to Dalton for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his new single, Baby I Am, wherever you stream your music and keep your eye on his socials for exciting news coming soon. Please also be sure to visit our website, countrymusicmademe.com. You can listen to all of our episodes there and you can also sign up for our newsletter so you can receive exclusive weekly content, including previews of upcoming episodes. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Thanks once again so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.